Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is the Aeon Byte interview, and with us, it is truly a pleasure to have back Tao Malachi, this time to discuss a book I really liked and I felt I really needed, The Gnostic Path of St. Thomas, Exploring the Heart of the Gospel. Definitely a good book, and Tao, thank you very much for coming back on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the invite. It's a, a pleasure to be here with you. Likewise, I think our last interview, we talked about Guadalupe, your book on Guadalupe. So it'll be nice to uh, get back to uh, geeking out go, geeking out over Gnosticism proper, if you would. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, time flies. And it was a different world. <laughs> yes, it was. And with us, too, we've got Vance. Vance, how are you doing? I'm just fine. I love the Gospel of Thomas. I is a message you before the GOT is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, it, it's it's funny. Uh, the Gospel of Thomas is so well known, but people, you know, get distracted from it. And uh, I love the saying, "Know what is in front of your face, and what is hidden will be disclosed." And so, the Gospel of Thomas is like in front of our faces. But it's great to come back and and revisit it from time to time. It is. It is indeed very much. And so tell us, Tao, why why write this book? You've already written, I know you've written one book on the Gospel of Thomas. Tell yes. us about the process and why, how this one came about. Well, the first really was very different. At that time, uh, I was taking some people who had never been in the Gospel of Thomas before through it. So I'd write them emails about those the, 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 the sayings we'd be exploring and send them out. But it wasn't written as a book or, or uh, that deep unfolding the way the gospel actually does through the sayings in its teaching. Um, and, and it was good, but in the past several years, I've, I've just gotten motivated to share Heart Essence teachings, Gnostic Path, uh, Christian Kabbalah, in a very straightforward and simple way. And particularly now in these times, you know, uh, people are needing a very accessible spirituality that uh, uh, 
that is inward, that they can have within them, regardless of what's happening outward, outside. And so I got, I, I received this leading of the Holy Spirit, this divine order, to take up this continuum of writing and to speak the heart essence teaching to the people beyond my community, uh, beyond our Gnostic community. And so to publish again, because I, I've, I've only uh, been writing through our forums and, and, and website for years, but not publishing books. And so it was that word of, no, this needs to be shared. There are people who need this. Um, and this is my favorite of the non-canonical Gospels, because it is just the sayings. There's no narrative of the life of Jesus or Yeshua. Just these wisdom sayings, these deep wisdom teachings, and this guidance on a deep interior life and a deep inward communion, not in separation and lack, but in unity and fullness, where uh, uh, where God is nearer to us than we are to ourselves, and we just don't know it at the outset. So, so this was the motive, and and I'm very thankful uh, that Llewellyn was willing to publish it. Yeah, I'm glad they did, and I agree with you. The uh, the inward journey is more important than ever, especially in these very protein times where everything is changing, but the solution is still the same. And tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, who are you, and what is your church? Ah, oh, oh well, uh, of course, tell Malachi. Uh, I met my teacher when I was eight, back in 1970. Um, then in and, and I was just so blessed to be with him for eight years, the last eight years of his life, um, uh, with a circle of uh, his his inmost disciples. He had retired from receiving disciples. He had taught in the Bay Area, but he retired to Tahoe up in the Sierras. And that's where we were living at the time. And there he was. And we encountered, and my mom had known him before, so she was fine with me. Uh, becoming a sidekick to this old guy, uh, <laughs> and and of course his disciples have been with him for fifty and sixty years. So I I, I was basically raised in in a, a Gnostic circle community of grandmas and grandpas who themselves were 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 deeply realized individuals, just very luminous, um, and have been walking the Gnostic path a long time. Um, and then uh, after a time, it was uh, nineteen eighty three. I actually initiated the continuum of our, our Gnostic community, the fellowship, which is, is also uh, outwardly called Ecclesia Pistosophia, which means assembly of faith wisdom. Um, and today uh, it's an international community. We have people who are, who, who come to our Zoom gatherings from Europe and Africa and Canada and all across the U.S. Uh, and, constantly uh, sharing the Christian Kabbalah, which is our understanding of Christian Gnosticism. Uh, One Deep roots in Judaic Kabbalah, uh, but of course an evolution of Kabbalah uh, with a, a messianic uh, view. For the audience, you mentioned Christian Kabbalah. What is that? Yes. Because that it definitely uh, gives perspective and couches a lot of your teachings and theologies. Well, the Kabbalah is... Uh, really Judeo-Christian mysticism, uh, a beginning um, uh, teachings of, of the prophets of ancient Israel. Uh, 
what was uh, called Merkaba mysticism, chariot mysticism, um, and from this evolved Kabbalah, uh, which its real meaning is to be in the revelation of God. Uh, it comes from a root word, uh, kabel, that means to receive, of course, from God, from the Spirit, uh, from angels, so on, uh, revelation. And through revelation, uh, the realization uh, of truth, of God, and uh, uh, in, in direct experience, in a deep inner mystical experience of a knowing of God. And this, this, this is Kabbalah. Uh, it speaks about stations and states of the soul and ascension through them. Um, these emanations, sephirot, as they are called, um, all of which are inside of us and inside of everything, because everything comes from. Um, and, and of course, in the Kabbalah, it's 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 delving into the deep mystery of how does the infinite and eternal interact with the finite? <laughs> you see, and 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 the play of mystery is through this process of emanation um, and of, of of light that becomes more measured and more veiled and more measured and more veiled until finally almost completely veiled in this material reality. Um, and what is beautiful is it gives a deep language for Gnosis, a deep language for divine wisdom to be able to express our experiences, the insights, the illuminations, first to ourselves, because, you know, to bring deep spiritual and supernal experience into our hearts and minds and our vocabulary, our thought, words, we need a special symbolic and mystical language to do it, and that's really what the Kabbalah is, is to give us the language um, to be conscious and then to share with one another. Beautifully said, yeah, and I would agree. And you, in part of your book, you uh, talk about how it's earlier than the canonical Gospels. I'm a, I'm a pretty early dater for Gnostic texts, varying opinions and so you feel that way too the gospel of thomas is pretty early definitely um most people who are knowledgeable uh, from an academic and scholarly standpoint suggest that it's the earliest gospel that we have um not that there weren't others uh before it but that's been preserved uh, which makes it a very important voice of giving a tone texture of original the original followers of the way um, before the emergence of speculative doctrine and theology and orthodoxy and right and ritual you know what was this original spirit filled movement where it seemed everybody had this spirit had this light uh, uh, was having this experience of a knowledge of of Christ, Mashiach, this anointing, and and Holy One, God, and what happened? <laughs> Where'd that go? Um, you know, even even in canonical scriptures, you get plenty of evidence of a whole different way 
where there was there was actual initiation and discipleship in communities. There was actual light and light transmission and imparting of Holy Spirit, powerful movements in spirit-filled worship. Um, definitely a spirituality of direct experience and knowledge, not just blind faith, but a seeing faith, uh, where, where, where one is glimpsing, tasting, witnessing realities of heavens, um, realities of risen, ascended Mashiach, and, and the meaning of Mashiach, not simply as Jesus or Yeshua, but actually revealing the truth, this this truth, this light inside all of us, um, not just in a sense of a, a forgiveness of sin, but a bringing of this knowledge of innate unity, so that so that we can enter into this realization, this enlightenment as well. So really, an enlightenment tradition uh, originally, and uh, a teacher of enlightenment. Uh, and this, of course, is a very different um, view of Christ, Mashiach, um, Yeshua, uh, than many Christians carry. Um, yes, soul of Mashiach incarnate in Yeshua realized, this one soul realized. But we are emanations of this one soul, and this may be realized in us. Uh, this one soul's emanation, eternal unseen, infinite life. And yes, we have an innate unity with this eternal unseen, this infinite light, uh, radiant nothingness, or radiance of nothingness. Um, and this can be realized and embodied in us as well. Uh, that's the beauty uh, in, in our own Gnostic lineage. Of course, uh, we have a deep faith in Mary Magdala as well. Uh, or, or whom many people call Mary Magdalene, as inmost disciple, but more than that, as this Gnostic apostle, mother of apostles, apostle of apostles, meaning very much a co-redeemer with uh, and a co-preacher with and transmitter. Um, so as to say, men and women alike. Uh, because when we get into the secret of the unity, it becomes very, very interesting. There's no male, no female, no black, no white. No color, no counting, no directions, no sides, no. Di <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, there is just this. There's just the Holy One, the Holy Shekinah, God, the presence of God, and there is no other. No one else, nothing else. Just Holy One. That's in it. Fact. <laughs> Uh, which, said. which is truly within every human, every creature. Uh, this gospel goes so far as to say, in a piece of wood or creepy crawly under the stone, Jesus you, is there. You, 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 <laughs> you, 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 you find me, Mashiach, this, this light and spirit, this divine intelligence. But Tao, I guess the other question, I guess I might say the $64,000 question, and yes, I am dating myself, <laughs> but how would one access these 
mystical or altered states with the gospel of thomas at least you know the gospel of philip talks about the chrism the bridal chamber chamber the sethians have the five seals and all these vowel vocals and some other texts but this is a saint's text and personally i always see these people contemplating on the words of jesus and they're trying to get the veil up because they realize that eden hasn't gone anywhere eden is right there it's our perception that has gone wrong and we can lift up the veil and perhaps they just simply contemplated the words of Jesus. But so again, how does one in our modern times gain a mystical experience with the gospel of Thomas? Hmm. Well, the gospel of Thomas does remind us that when we gather, uh, why there's light transmission, there's a movement of the spirit. Uh, there, there is a divine presence that manifests with us. And, and here's the thing. We would have to understand that when there is sacred discourse, when there is a speaking of the word of the Lord with power, within and behind the words, there is light and there is the Spirit. Now, if we ourselves will be inward, to be in our heart and in our holy soul, and more than with our than with our intellect, with our intuitive divine intelligence, and and with the eyes and ears of heart and soul, that's that intuitive divine intelligence, and with regards to the soul, a, a, a deeper place of that intelligence, which is a a knowing space. It's the only way to speak it. All of a sudden, there's just this knowing, and here flows out this awareness, this understanding, this wisdom. What of the very principle of, of a gospel of sayings, communicating entirety of gospel without life story, is talking about this kind of transmission? Because this kind of transmission does happen in anointed communities, in Gnostic communities, all of the time. At the same time, there are all manner of Gnostic devotions that we can take up, of, of deep invocation of holy names of God, learning those names and actually learning how to invoke them, and learning to invoke often, and with those names to pray. And as we gain in knowledge, we can gain in knowledge of Kabbalah, of not only these names, but names of angels and various divine attributes, powers, actions, various secrets of metaphysical reality within and behind the visible and within and behind us. And as we do, that informs prayer, or we have very deep invocations, very deep prayers. And we also can learn various ways of mystical meditation, mystical contemplation. An example, uh, one way that's taught, uh, union with partsuf, it's called. And partsuf means a divine personification. So, in this practice, one would center and be aware of the spiritual sun, S-U-N, 
as in like a star of heaven, uh, within and behind your heart. And abide in just being in the presence of Holy One. And when moved by the Spirit, one would then envision light streaming out of the heart and magically, miraculously, in the space in front of oneself, a, a holy partzuf, like the Holy Mother, an image of the risen Mashiach in glory, um, Miriam Magdala, Our Lady in Red, uh, and so on. And, and, and then all of a sudden, these chants uh, 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 that deal with that part too, as well as these prayers held in heart while we're just there in this communion with this, this one that has come from within. And as this happens, here is this, this holy one smiling upon us, blessing us with light, light streaming upon us, progressively transforming us into a human one of light, glory, like that holy and enlightened one before us. And, of course, as the, the name of the practice implies union, well, then we envision that image dissolving into fluid flowing light and pouring into us, merging with us. And at that point, there's the deep speaking of prayers for others, for people, as a human one of light, as a holy parts of a personification of, of divine. And for example, that's an example of a Gnostic devotion. And, and these are powerful ways of prayer and meditation that do tend to spark deeper mystical experiences. Because such things begin as a flight of fantasy, obviously, with us. Or very conceptual, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of cartoonish, actually, as I recall in my, my early discipleship with such things. However, when the Spirit picks this up, at some point in doing a practice like this, a devotion, the Spirit moves and changes it. And, and, and all of a sudden, it's alive. It's not just this imagined thing anymore. It becomes the actual experience from which it's generated, because all these practices are generated from the realization of uh, Gnostic apostles, Gnostic masters. Uh, um, and so they tend to help facilitate those very same experiences in realization, in revelation. And then the practice gets um, quite interesting and illuminating. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Things get real. Or things get unreal. Things get real. <laughs> One right. of the two. You're not in Kansas anymore, as no. they say. <laughs> I started in an imaginal dream, and now, wow, lucidity, yeah. <laughs> waking up. <laughs> what do you think, Vance, or do you have a question about, say, about the Gospel of Thomas? Well, I'm glad you asked because um, <laughs> um, there's a, I'm basically flat out, and I've said this before in the program, I'm mystic. And that's one of the things I love about the Gospel of Thomas. And I wanted to share 
Um, the thing that brought me realization of the one, the unity of, of God was um, an experience I had with someone on a phone, a blind woman on the phone. And I was on the phone with her for about 24 hours. This is someone I had never met. And I experienced a oneness of mind between myself and this woman. And about a week later, a big revelation came to me about how all consciousness was one. And it has lasted with me to this day. And that's what makes me a Gnostic because my view of Gnosticism is that, you know, as you said, Tao, um, um, it's direct experience. And when you have that experience, it fills out all the words. You know, the words are like a balloon and the spirit fills the balloon <laughs> and then you can see the shape of the balloon. Um, I remember seeing, um, reading the Bible and all of a sudden, especially the words of Jesus, understanding, and I didn't even know about the Gospel of Thomas at this time, that's what this is saying. Because before that, I was Catholic. I sat through Mass. I heard all this stuff before. And yeah, yeah, it's nice and so forth. But it, it, it filled it out for me. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's my experience. And it, it's direct experience of the Spirit. And I've had several instances in my life of, of that magnitude as well. Um, and I won't go into detail about it now, but uh, that's that's what I wanted to share. And I have questions about the Gospel of Thomas too. But um, do we want to um, do we want to wait for a little bit later for me to ask those, Miguel? No, I was going to get into some of the sayings and ask Tao yeah. about some of the sayings. But yeah, please go ahead. Well, um, I will. Uh, I'll pick one. I had uh, several of them that I was going to ask Tao about. Um, what what I uh, here, here's one that was a mystery to me. I still you know, don't know everything, of course. Um, saying 12 in, in the in the Meyer uh, translation, uh, the student said to Yeshua, we will know, uh, we know you will leave us. Who will be our leader? Yeshua said to them, wherever you are, seek out Yaakov, John, right? The just, for his sake, heaven and earth came into being. I, I what, what, what do you make, what do you make of that saying? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, James yeah. is as James orthodox the as they come, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, or, or so has been made to see. Yeah, yeah, uh, This is interesting. But where, as we receive this holy light, this Holy Spirit, where first should we be looking for direction, for guidance, but inside? But then, if one needs to look outside, here's Yeshua saying, well, go to James the Just. Uh, James the Just was well-educated in Judaic tradition and Halakha, so on, a uh, very deep rabbi. Um, very good in counsel, as well as having uh, uh, a deep knowledge and understanding of Mashiach. So, pointing to James the Just, but it, it also goes deeper. All these souls that have come with Yeshua, souls that, that, that initiate and form anointed community, most of them 
are, are carrying significant realization from previous lives. Most of them are rather lofty souls themselves. And here's just a little hint of, well, uh, there's not just one powerful soul here. Why, well, right over there is, is James the Just, with this huge statement made about him. Uh, very similar to what this gospel, what Yeshua has to say in this gospel regarding Johannan the Baptist, who is the greatest of all who have ever born, been born from woman, which Yeshua was born from woman, but here's, here's the greatest. So if you're feeling the swirl I'm trying to point to is, it, it, there are these hints of the greatness of soul in various individuals, which is going back to this teaching of the truth of the inner Christ, the inner Mashiach, the inner light, the inner spirit. But then if I need to go outward, well, here I can go to this one, I can go to this one. Uh, you know, it's same in, in anointed community. There's light gnosis transmission moving between a different brothers and sisters all of the time. Just all of the time. If I'm making some sort of sense for you. Uh, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. That, yeah. that makes sense to me because uh, Jesus didn't want, uh, as opposed to what's happened in Orthodox religion where Jesus is God and you guys are all worms, you know, uh, Jesus <laughs> is trying to show the divinity in all of us. Yes. In fact, that that's the whole point of the unity, the whole thing. So he's saying, you know, even though he was the focus at that point, he, it was his duty to do what he did. That was his role. He didn't want to denigrate or diminish the, the light in the souls of others. Yeah, well and, said. And uh, James obviously is a great symbol of piety. He was, and he rejected the Pharisees and everything else. And you're right. What I like about the Gospel of Thomas is, it's not the big reveal comes at the beginning. It's not like Fight Club when they're the same character or <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back towards the end is like, Luke, I am your father. The big reveal starts at the beginning when Jesus, he basically realized, oh, wait a second. The reader Thomas and the person Jesus are one and the same. And if you figure out these sayings, you won't taste death. It doesn't mean you're going to be turned into Keith Richards and live forever. <laughs> it means you will see reality as it is. I mean, basically, isn't that it, Tao? Yes. And, and also, didn't the Master know of the greater outpouring of supernal light and the Holy Spirit that was coming? Mm -hmm. One of those, hmm, well, if you really need to see seek someone, then, you know, not not say too much in that moment, knowing, ah, eh, wouldn't understand right now, but later. Uh, because all of these, of course, are going to come into being themselves as apostles, whether Gnostic or uh, a spiritual apostle versus supernal, uh, different, different grades of apostles reaching out to different folks. Um, some of them very lofty uh, in their realization, others different. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. For sure. And um, what do you think about people might say, well, is it Gnostic? Uh, does Sophia appear in it? And as you say, she does appear in it. And the saying of, uh, which out of love is the saying with the woman with the jar and the meal. And she goes and she comes and she realizes it, that it's spilled out like Sophia, the light of sparks of Sophia falling into matter. And then there's the other great saying, too, which I think is Sophia. Where is it here? And I wrote it down where she says, uh, uh, where is it? Uh, yeah, where uh, she calls, if you know the father and the mother, you will become the child of a whore. I think that's Sophia because other texts see her as the great fallen figure. So you do see the divine feminine in the Gospel of Thomas. Well, yes, and there's that very mysterious conversation between this Salome and and the Master at one yeah. point. Uh, but you also see it in in the final saying uh, when talking about uh, Miriam Magdala, where controversial saying. Yeah, <laughs> ma male disciples are kind of challenging. Hey, um, so how come she's like so in this inner circle and? And and while it's said in an awkward way, what a powerful statement. I will make her male like you males. And uh, mystically in the Holy Kabbalah, that obviously has layers of deep meaning that aren't needed here. But one, it says male, female uh, uh, joined together. And also, if we're talking in the model of Christ, Sophia, uh, versus, say, Mashiach, Shekinah of Mashiach, which is mm -hmm. more our language in, right. in our tradition. Um, oh, but there is this male and female in this sharing this realization pointed out in the conclusion of the gospel that here's this inmost disciple, this holy woman uh, who is closest to him. Uh, so here's the Sophia element. In, in a Christ Sophia language, very much. Uh, also at the front, there is an inference of wisdom, talking about secret sayings, talking about the deep meaning of them, and talking about this not tasting death. Though all those words have a deep allusion to wisdom, or Sophia or in, in Hebrew, the Chochmah, uh, very much so. But that's the subtlety of this gospel. It's got a lot of allusions, a lot of hints. There's a lot of things it doesn't outright say, but if one's reading it while being deep inward, open and sensitive to the Spirit, all of a sudden those same words start unfolding and one realizes, whoa, <laughs> This is actually saying a lot in this concise little saying, this verse. It, it, amazing, like nuclear. And so it, it is hidden there, uh, as you've been pointing out. And some sayings are also so simple but so powerful. I use them like one of my favorites is become a passerby. Simple as that. You want to yeah. get angry with the customer support person or you're at Thanksgiving dinner with your family? Become a passerby. The old Sufi life is a it's a bridge to cross and not live. I think it's very powerful. Or the other one about entering the kingdom where Jesus says, uh, 
how do we they're all like how do we enter the kingdom do we do this and that and he's like um do not lie and do not do what you hate because everything will be revealed in heaven and i'm like god that has saved me so many times tao <laughs> yes I, I love be passers-by that that is that you know it's really two words in a divine order mm. be a traveler I, I uh i jokingly like to say hey so uh, you're on a road trip you stop in a cheap motel for a night late at night because you need to sleep before you travel on. Now, who goes in there and starts ordering furniture and redecorating the motel room? <laughs> right? You go in, you sleep, you go to the you know, little town diner the next morning, get your breakfast, and you're back on the road. Right. And what about us moving through all of our moments in a day, all of our different states in a day, and these different times of life? If We'll release the attachment, release the aversion, and just travel. And just be with and in the Lord. Adonai, Joshua, Yahweh. Hmm. How much it will be transformed. And what blessings will we find, perhaps, even in really challenging or painful times in our lives? You know, uh, myself, I've, I've had a few times over past... Uh, a decade of real near death and real painful stuff. But wow, the leaps that came through it uh, spiritually and in soul, just amazing. So, so in such a time, of course, the tendency is kind of fall into a, a kind of depression where, you know, all of a sudden you're, yeah. you're, you're, your your wisdom and your knowledge and whatnot and your presence and is diminished for a time and there you are. But it, 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 if you're a traveler and you know that the truth of Holy One is this movement, uh, then you don't get stuck. And all of a sudden, even in a potentially dark night, there's this light. There's this awareness, and all of a sudden one can see the good that's in it, not just the bad, which is very, very important. Indeed it is. And now what do you say about, what are your views, I guess this is a two-fold question, views on evil, the demiurge and the archons, and do you see them make an appearance in the Gospel of Thomas? Obviously people... The lion part about eating a lion, the lion eating people go, oh, it's yelled about. But uh, what do, what is your take, Tao? Well, a, a couple of things. Um, uh, Demiurge to us is really a personification of universal ignorance. Yeah. But you do and, talk about the clip-off in the book plenty of times. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But there are gradations. What's beautiful in, in Gnostic teaching is the focus on Demiurge and Archons more than the demonic because uh, the Demiurgic and Archonic isn't necessarily demonic. It's admixed, impure. Uh, as a matter of fact, Archonic forces sometimes can serve the divine, other times the demonic, and yet always it's for self-interest, serving mm -hmm. themselves. And if you look in the world and the struggles that we have in it, more than the outright evil, um, look at the play of power in politics and governments. 
and in massive corporations and 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 here we're in the arconic and it's so beautiful that gnostics had this deep insight that oh you know more challenging to us than the satan and these demons is these archons uh, which enslave us and boy oh boy can we see that in modern society where we just all keep getting more and more wrapped up into them and, and the little glittering lights that are given to us that actually don't bring us what they promise while in the midst of destroying our environment. Excuse my <coughs> saying, but uh, so this is, this is very much a beauty of the of Gnostic cosmology, that it has that third category, which isn't exactly, it isn't the true light, but it isn't that complete darkness. It's, it, it moves around. It moves As you around. said, yeah. As you said at the beginning of the, of the interview, it's ignorance. The Gospel of Philip yeah. says uh, ignorance is the mother of all sins. If we we are not conscious we do terrible things and like you said we get distracted by material nonsense so that right there makes uh makes perfect sense and it is really at the the heart of gnosticism uh vance any other saying you want to mention or talk about to tao oh yeah i got a couple here um let's see i got i got them written down uh doo -doo -doo -doo. I'll ask this one. This is another tough one. I have a lot of favorite sayings, but these are the ones that I wanted to ask you to kind of get more enlightenment <clears throat> into their meaning. They're like sayings 10 and 16, where Jesus says he didn't come to bring peace onto the world. He came to bring fire and a sword. You know, there's a couple mm -hmm. of sayings like that. Um, what's the real meaning behind those? I'm sure yeah. Jesus didn't come to make everybody fight with each other. <laughs> no, I wouldn't think so. So here's the thing. There is a need for a holy war, but not outward, inward, inside of us. Uh, we have an evil urge and a good urge. We have a bestial vital nature and itself, an ego self. And this needs to be brought into resonance with our heart, the light and the spirit, the Lord in our heart. And there's a certain kind of holy war inwardly that needs to be waged to resolve our internal conflict. The second saying uh, Thomas talks about when you're you find you'll be troubled or agitated or deeply disturbed before becoming astonished uh, in awe and wonder. And this trouble deals with when we truly have a revelation of this light and spirit in us, this holy one, this truth, this unity, there's this disparity between our inside and outside. You'll recall that Thomas more than once talks about the need to unite inside and with outside so that they be one. Well, ah, this sword, this fire, this it is about the fact that, well, when I find, then I'm going to see how far removed I am from myself and from my Lord, how much I've taken on from the outside and, 
and various things in habitual ways that that really have nothing to do with who I am within the Holy One and, and, and nothing to do with my Lord or the truth. And I'm going to need to remove those things. I'm going to need to change from the inside to outside. I'm going to need to change and change and change until I fully have a union between the inside and the outside, where the outside is expressing the inside. Uh, I am from and to and for the Lord, uh, this, this, this divine presence within. So there is this holy war of resolving this conflict inside ourselves. And something in a book years ago that I shared with people and periodically continue to, when we don't resolve the inner conflict, that's how it ends up out in the world between us and others, between people. So actually, having the good fight inside to resolve the inner conflict, that is everything to a full realization. Uh, Because there are many, many different levels, layers of divine gnosis, of realization, spiritual and supernal. is very interesting. So there's nearness, intimate nearness, then unity, oneness, but curiously enough, countless supernal stations and states of this unity, this oneness. So it's like a deeper and deeper union. You can be imagined as, as, ex, as an expansion into the, the, the infinite, the eternal. I mean, where's the end of that? The, the the end of the Gnostic path is without end. But to come into this, oh, there will be work. We will need to strive with the Holy Spirit to truly manifest this presence and the divine attributes, divine qualities. Uh, not the bestial qualities, not the ignorance, if you're feeling me. So indeed, yep, he's not come to bring peace to start with, <laughs> but agitation, um, so that so that we can undergo a true transformation and a true rebirth from the pleroma of light and from the truth, and be from the truth. And here, that's not easy. You know, a huge message, uh, Gnostic path is, you know, hey, go out of your your vital and the self, your vital, the ego self, and be in your heart, deep in your heart, and in your holy soul in the presence of your Lord. And it will go on to say, be in the love, and so the light and the spirit. And in the love is everything. Now I bring that word up because um, that's not exactly an easy, easy thing here in this world, in the midst of unenlightened society. <clears throat> and certainly these days, to bring the love, to give the mercy, the compassion, the forgiveness. Oh, so here's a struggle. And here's another aspect of this holy war uh, ongoing as we walk in the way, as we sojourn 
the Gnostic path, the straight path. Or, yeah, there will be these uh, struggles, these battles to do what is right, to enact the truth and light revealed to us. To be who we truly are in the Holy One, Holy Shekinah. It's like the the, if one's walking a path of nonviolence, oh, what an inward struggle it can be to remain nonviolent in a moment of confrontation and to literally hold that space centered inside. Yeah, making sense? Oh, man. I had a long discussion with my son over his trauma from past school. <clears throat> where that very thing came up where he was acting out and um, aggressively towards teachers and because they were trying to make him do work that he couldn't do. And um, I was telling him uh, about this very thing about, you know, the trying not to react that way. It's like you know, eating the lion and not letting the lion eat you. You know, don't be an animal. Animals react like, you know, as soon as they don't like something, they can be aggressive. But it takes a human being, you know, it takes the the human to be able to recognize it and not, you know, transgress upon fellow human beings. So you bet. That's a fantastic interpretation, Tao. I really love that. Well, I, I definitely wouldn't see it any other way, given a, uh, same one who said, one who lives by a sword dies by the sword. Uh, yeah, put it away. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut off anybody's ears. Come on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, there's one thing I wanted to say before I lost the opportunity, which is, you know, the question about the Gospel of Thomas, did that precede you know, the Gospels or did, the, did it, you know, come afterwards? Um, once you can see at least in some of the sayings, the, the mystical meanings, you know, the unity and so forth, you can see that these sayings are fully complete. But if you look at the corresponding verses in the Gospels, in, in the traditional Bible, you can see they've been chopped out, you know, uh, to some degree. That You can still see the, the messages in, in the traditional Bible, mm -hmm. but when you see the, the... I always thought the Gospel of Thomas filled out the verses and wow, now it really makes total sense. Now here's the whole thing rather than just part of it, you know. But I think to someone who doesn't have that mystical sense, and I don't say this in a boastful way or anything, but you know, once you see in, in there, you can you, you can see that. But if you haven't had that, I can see that it would be a toss-up. You know, well, you know, did they just add this stuff later? But it's too whole, you know, it's it makes too much sense from the, the point of view of the unity, the mm. Gospel of Thomas. There's more unity in there. Uh, uh, am I, does that make sense? Am I, yeah, it does. And, and isn't that also the effect of not having the narrative of the Master's life, of this Apostle and Prophet's life, where it's just the sayings? Doesn't that have the quality of bringing it, it into us and nearer? Then oh, if yeah. there's a story... Uh, including all the wonders and the healings and the transfiguration and, 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 right? Whereas this is, well, everybody understands that what happened. Let's get to bring it, bring it inside. Let's be near, close. We're, 
we're, we're not removing from us. That is a quality of narratives, is that it can have this tendency to remove. Yeah. And of course, uh, from one person to another, they will have another gospel. Uh, there is the gospel. But what each of us have is what's revealed of that to us. We have our own gospel. Yes. Um, that is the nice thing of having, you know, a gospel uh, according to Thomas, a gospel according to Mark, according to, according to, or uh, St. Paul when he says, according to my gospel. Hmm. That was a good thing. Um, and there are many deep points in canonical gospel if it's read free from doctrine, from, from, from already freeze-framing what everything means. All of a sudden it opens, and it can be real mystical and Gnostic. I mean, the, the, the gospel of, of John is like... Very mystical. Whoa. Oh, yeah. or, or the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew. That's an incredible teaching of deep inwardness. Uh, uh, so much so, I recently just had to uh, write Horizon's teachings on the Beatitudes and, and, of course, joined with them the commandments again because it's so rich. So there, there are wonderful things in canonical Gospels, um, definitely. Um, it's, it's staying only on the surface and literalisms and 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 not reading with the spirit and from the spirit that becomes a problem with them. Um, and and truly, with the exception of a few points, uh, I enjoy the gospels. You get too much into some of the epistles, and it's like, eh, and not even what Yes was talking about, uh, or, or, or 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 essence of message, frequently. So I. Yeah, totally. I like John 17, where uh, Jesus prayed to the Father that um, they can be one with the Father as he is. You know, that you can't get more mystical than that. No, <laughs> no, we're saying receiving the Spirit, I'm in you, and the Father's in you. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's actually sad. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, or, or the off-quoted saying of John 3.16, which is so popular in evangelical Christianity, oh, yeah. it begins by saying, for God so loved the world. Um, it, it doesn't say, for God so loved some people, <laughs> or good people, or the righteous people. It says the world, which is really beautiful. What a nice remembrance that Holy One doesn't have sides, that there is just this love, this mercy, this compassion, this forgiveness, and this revelation that gives wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of oneself and one's origin. So, for God so loved the world. It, it runs so deep and then goes on to a judgment that has nothing to do with God judging or Christ judging, but rather inside us, our states, as 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 we come into the light. You know, a lot of folks say, "Well, everybody goes in the light when they die." It's like, well, 
kind of. <laughs> I mean, for some, yep, light. For others, hmm, fire. I mean, it all depends if, if, if one's in resonance and desiring to be in that light or, or one's feeling exposed. Um, and, and all of a sudden it's uncomfortable. Uh, especially in a more subtle, more intensified atmosphere of deep feeling for us, like never in the body. Just saying, <laughs> but it's inside us. Well said indeed. Well, as, as we get to the end, um, you say the Gospel of Thomas is your favorite text. Uh, who, what would be number two? Gospel of Mary or... What other Gospels speak to you? Because you've written a book about Mary. Well, um, I enjoy the Gospel of Philip very much. Mm -hmm. um, and I enjoy the secret book of James deeply. Mm -hmm. Boy, what, what that's saying in there. Uh, and the Gospel of Truth, uh, very much so. Beautiful. Uh, the Gospel of Mary is too fragmented, but we have such a rich oral tradition uh, in, our, in our own language. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, we just wrote uh, from spring to summer, about four months, a continuum gnosis transmission of, uh, of, of Magdala, mm. which basically is like a scripture uh, in, our, in our own lineage, uh, uh, a gospel and acts of Mary Magdala and her anointed community. Um, so, so we actually have, to have this rich oral tradition of, of Magdala ourselves and wouldn't have such a interest in in the in the Gospel of Mary there in Nagamati, uh, particularly because of the fragmentation of it. Yeah, we're missing the the middle, all the paths. <laughs> yeah. But so it is, and so it is. Well, awesome. Yeah, we are at the end uh, again. I highly recommend for those of you. Please get the Gnostic Path of Saint Thomas. I got a lot out of it, and I'm going to do some wonderful meditation. Where can people find out more about you? Where would you like to send them? And just get your book at the usual suspects. Uh, yes, and uh, our main website is uh, can be found at sophian.org, S-O-P-H-I-A-N dot org. Um, we also have uh, Ecclesia Pistosphia YouTube YouTube channel, where you can see videos of teachings, discourses, as well as audio of discussions around them, and and other other offerings as well. So those are the two main points of contact. And what would you like the reader to get out of it? What is your what do you think? Any goals or I mean get out of the out of uh, your book. Ah. Well, hopefully to be inward. Mm. Uh, to we start at the interview. Know, know your, <laughs> to know yourself, know your Lord within you, return to yourself and be in the love. And give the mercy, give the compassion, mm -hmm. give the forgiveness. Uh, because in giving, you're receiving. You you have it. So really this. Well said. And yes, I think that's a great message. Uh, well, uh, Vance, thank you very much for uh, co being the co-pilot on this journey down the, the sayings of Thomas, the 114 sayings of Thomas. Well, thank you for having me be your sidekick and being able to share the light with Tal Malachi. I really enjoyed it.
Indeed. Well, Tao, as always, it is a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. Always enjoy our chats and listening to your Sophia. And uh, thanks for all the work and good luck with your book. Well, thank you. And thanks for your good company for this past hour. Both of you. Thank you. Happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. I guess I should have said that at the beginning, but there is more, and this is a nice break. Yes, there is more. Even though with Tao Malachi, it just seems complete. Always love his theological, spiritual, and inspirational sights. But we do have more on the Gospel of Thomas, or Tommy's Gospel. Tommy, can you hear me? As the Who sang. Yes, for all subs, whether you're watching on video, on uh, Rockfin, or Rumble, or if you're watching on audio, whether it's uh, Red Circle, AB Prime, or Patreon, there is a bonus. I will include an interview with Robert Price. We did that a few years ago, and we did cover Tommy's Gospel for about 30 or 40 minutes. This uh, bonus is more on the scholarly, academic, historical side, but Bob the Bible Geek, being a Jungian, will provide his own inspirational methods on how you can approach Tommy's Gospels. You'll really enjoy it, and the whole show is truly a mini-lesson on opening your doors of perception and expanding your knowledge. So that's it, really. As always, please support. Uh, don't forget that the Gnostic Tarot is out, and it's doing very well. And it will also be a tool in helping you, yes, open those doors of perception. That's all I got, and thanks for being here. And again, for all subs, let us to the mighty Robert Price, the Bible geek, on more on the Gospel of Thomas. Tommy, can you hear me? As far as you know, or you can tell, uh, what is the dating and possible origin of this work? I know in uh, Holy Fable, the chapter you sent me, you consider it kind of late, but at the same time, you're a late dater with all Gospels. That's right, yeah. Yeah, there's a movement afoot uh, to uh, date this gospel. Step into a world where ancient wisdom meets modern mysticism. Introducing the Gnostic Tarot, a powerful fusion of esoteric art and Gnostic themes designed for those who seek the ultimate Gnosis. This mesmerizing deck, rich in symbolism, draws from the profound teachings of Gnosticism, serving as an ideal companion for meditation, reflection, and the exploration of spiritual realms. Whether you are a seasoned tarot enthusiast or new to the practice, the Gnostic tarot caters to all, offering a portal to ancient wisdom and a tool for uncovering the hidden truths in your mystical journey. Unveil the mysteries, embrace the wisdom. The Gnostic Tarot is a timeless companion for your spiritual odyssey. Take a journey with Gnostic luminaries and learn their stories in a visually stunning manner. From Sophia to the Gnostic Christ, their journey is your self-discovery. Choose from the basic deck or the deluxe version, which includes a beautifully crafted journey book and a magnetic storage box, ensuring that your Gnostic Tarot remains a treasured companion on your spiritual quest. The Gnostic Tarot is an original and collaborative effort between Miguel Connor Veyon by Gnostic Radio and Matthew Schmitz of Altrusian Grace Media. Visit our website to embark on your journey today.
Syncrasis Publishing, where ancient wisdom and modern mysticism converge. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.